right. Good morning to you. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, and we are glad that you really, you know, we said this earlier, but really are glad that you are here. And if you're a first-time visitor or a guest today, thank you so much for coming, and we hope God really blesses you today. We're in week three of our family series entitled Fixer Upper, and today is Us and the Kids. Us and the kids. Now, I want to encourage you, if you've got your, your phone and you've got the Bible app, go to events. Look under more, look under events, and you'll be able to take some notes in there. And it uh, really would help you probably in your study today. This is one of those messages. For whatever reason, we've got a pretty skinny crowd today, really close to summer. And uh, this is a message that you're going to need to tell your friends about. It's a topic that we don't, we maybe dance around every once in a while, but we really don't dedicate a whole sermon to it. And it really is a look at parents and children and moms and dads in that intricate relationship that we have together. I'm excited to teach it um, because some of it I did well and some of it I did not. And that's what I want to share today. Some of the things I did okay and some of the things I just flat fell on my face. And like David said earlier, this amazing grace is what's really good when we mess up. And also, let me say this too before we jump in, and that is this. You know, the things you're going to hear today, of course, come from the Word of God, where they should come from. And, but secondly, this, you know, if you're going overwhelmed, like, I don't think I can do that, that's where grace comes in. It all begins, of course, with a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, believing that you're a sinner and turning away from your sin and choosing to follow Him. Believe that He died on a Roman cross for you, paying the price, because the Bible says that the payment for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, so that's the key right there. But also, depending on that God's, on God's grace to help you be the parent, to be the child, to be the senior adult, we're going to talk a bit about that, that God wants us to be. So it all wrapped up around God working and empowering us to be what we ought to be. Now, there's a saying that goes around on the internet sometimes. You'll see it on t-shirts. You'll see it on plaques in certain places. And it says something like this. American by birth, Southern by the grace of God. Now, you need to know that I'm a Southerner. And I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. I was raised down south. And that really, I think, now I'm, I know every region of the United States has its goods and bads and things it does well. But down south, there's a few things that I think that, that we did well growing up. And I really think it had to do with that southern culture. Um, you know, like, for instance, I was taught when I was a kid, you know, that, that you didn't hit girls. You know, nowadays, you, the girls hit you, but, but back in those days, you just didn't hit a girl. In fact, listen, I, I think I can say this without getting in trouble. You never hit a girl in the stomach. You want to know why? Because my mom told me they could never have babies then. It kept me from doing it. Kept me from doing it. I'm telling you what. So there's just lots of, hey, we're the ones who gave you grits without sugar. Grits without sugar. We're the ones who gave you pecan pie. Yeah, come on with it. Come on with it. You know, fried chicken. Oh, that's not a northern dish. That's a southern thing. So we southerners have brought a lot into the table of our culture. Hey, 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 sweet tea. Oh, yeah. No, New Jersey didn't think of that one. Okay. Somebody in Georgia did. All right. So all of this stuff came from the south. Well, being raised in the south, I stayed down south until I was 18. I graduated from high school and moved on into the Air Force and eventually into the ministry. But, you know, I, I was raised down south. And mom and dad instilled in me some things that have been very, very valuable. And a chunk of what you're going to hear today are those very things. I, I, I really pondered. Let, let me set it up for you. You know, again, I was a Florida boy, stayed at home, a mom and dad kid. 
And then when I graduated from high school, um, four days later, I, I graduated on Friday, and on Monday, I was in the Air Force and headed to Lackland Air Force Base. From there to Keesler Air Force Base, from there to Minot, North Dakota. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if you've not been in Minot, don't go. It's okay. All right? But anyway, but, but anyway, so all of that, and you know what's really weird is, is when I joined the military, I had no problem with respect. It's not something I had to learn. Because all through my growing up years, my mom and dad instilled respect into me. Um, it was not a deal for me to say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, no, sir. In fact, if you're talking to me today, chances are, uh, if you say, hey, Brother Dwayne, you asked me a question, there's a chance that my mouth to come, yes, ma'am. It doesn't matter if you're younger or older. It's simply a term of respect. And that's been ingrained in me. Um, Dave Higgs taught his kids. He's from Mississippi and taught his kids. I remember little David going, yes, sir, no, sir. And if they didn't, Dave would correct them on the spot. Now, I don't know if he still does that, but back when David was little David, you know, he did. So all that was ingrained in there. Um, obeying was ingrained in me. So all that really, when I went into the Air Force, it was just as natural for me. It really was. And it served me well. And you know what's really crazy? And I really, this is the part I really can't explain to you. You know, once I joined the military, I could go on any base and drink. I was 18 years old, and the legal age for drinking on base was 18. And, and I was not even a, I was a churchgoer at that time, but not a Christian. And I was never tempted to go. I've been in a bar one time in my, well, besides old Charlie's and that stuff. But one time when I was at, at Keesler Air Force Base, my friend said, hey, let's go downtown. And we walked by a bar and he said, hey, let's go in and get a Coke or something. And I was like freaking out. Like I thought the world was going to come to an end. I'd never been in a bar in my life. I, I, I never drank. I was never tempted to smoke, uh, drugs, those things. Um, and, you know, I was in the 70s. You know, I was in drug culture. Again, some of y'all are still trying to remember those years, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know? But none of that, and I, you know, I really think, I think it was the respect that had been drilled into me from my father and from my mother. And I really think it was just drilled in me that those were things they disapproved of, and uh, I didn't do. I didn't do. But regardless of whatever the reason, I'm grateful for it. So today, we want to take the Word of God because it really doesn't matter what I say, Ephesians chapter uh, 6, verses 1 through 4, with a lot of other little scriptures tied in there. But we want to look at what the Bible says about, about kids, how we treat our parents, okay? And then, um, then we're going to talk about parents, how we treat our kids, okay? Very, very important. How this relationship plays out, okay? So it starts out, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Now, again, we don't hear this. Now, I need to tell you something. If you are a mom or you're a dad, okay, and, and, and you like what you hear today, and you say, that makes sense, don't think that your 8-year-old, your 10-year-old, or your 15-year-old is just over there taking notes, writing this stuff down. This is something you're going to need to talk about at home. It's going to be your responsibility to help apply what's going to be taught today. Okay, so in this Roman culture, okay, in the church of Ephesus, Paul writes, okay, and this later becomes part of the word of God. He writes and says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Okay, so, so there is so much in there in those seven or eight or ten words that are there. And he starts out with the word children. Now, I know, I know what normally comes into our brain is children being eight, nine years old, 
By the time they're 11, they're a middle schooler. They're not a child anymore. But interestingly enough, this word in the Greek, this word children, means still in the house. Still in the house. So, so if you have children, if you have children that are 8, 1, 7, 13, 18, 35... God bless you, we're praying for you, all right? If you still got that going on in your life, this verse, believe it or not, applies to you. It applies to you. So children is the word for people under the same roof, under the house. So children obey. Now, I think I don't need to explain that. Obey means to obey. It means when you do something, then you do it. You know, I remember, again, my dad, it was a favorite thing of his. And he would be sitting in the living room. I'd be somewhere else. And he'd go, Dwayne? I'd say, yes, sir. He'd say, come here. And if I didn't come in a reasonable time, being about one or two minutes, he would say, Dwayne? Yes, sir. I said, come here. I'd say, coming. And he would say, make me know it. That's why I was raised. No jokes about swats and hits and all that stuff. That, that wasn't true. My dad just garnered respect, and he expected me to listen to him when he spoke. Make me know it. And you know, it's interesting, by the way. You know, the Word of God says, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. One of the best ways you can tell your parents that you love them is to obey them. So children, obey your parents. Not all parents. You know, when Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, you know, uh, wives, be submissive to your husbands. He didn't. That wasn't a man-woman thing. That was a relationship thing, husband-wife. Women have no, no expectation whatsoever to be submissive to all men. Duh, that doesn't work. It's not biblical. It's untrue. But in the biblical relationship of a husband-wife, God appointed the man as the leader of the family, and she's to be submissive or she's to show respect for him. Same way here. When he says, "Be uh, children, obey your parents, it's not Mrs. Jones. Now, you should be respectful to adults. If you're a child here today, you should be respectful to adults. But you have an obligation from God's word to obey your parents. And then he gives us this great caveat. He says, in the Lord, in the Lord. Because, you know, people love to look for reasons not to do something, okay? And so, what if my dad tells me to rob a bank? Am I to obey him? What do you think? You know, if my dad tells me to do something else illegal or immoral, am I? No. See, Paul says, in the Lord. It means two things. It means because of the Lord. You know, see, kids, if you're here today and you're able enough, you're old enough to understand a little bit what I'm saying, you know, obeying your mom and dad is not because they're perfect. There are no perfect moms and dads. Amen. There are no perfect moms and dads. Okay. What it means is, because of Jesus, you're able to obey your mom and dad. Not because your dad's worthy, not because your mom is worthy, but because of Jesus. You know, husbands, love your wives. Not because they're worthy of your love, but because God's word says to. Wives, respect your husbands. Not because they're worthy of your respect, because God said to. And so when he says, in the Lord, it's because of the Lord and always within the confines of the word of God. If your mom and dad ask you to do something that is contrary to the word of God, you are not to do it. Notice I didn't say you're not obligated. You are not to do it. They may not like it. 
But if you're a child of God and your dad or mom asks you to do something outside the confines of the Word of God, you do not have to do it. So he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And guess what? This is right. It's just right. It's just right to do it. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you a, a sneak here. Mom and Dad, you really need to help your kids with this. We, in a society where everyone gets a trophy, you know, and discipline's almost a thing of the past, we need to get back to biblical parenting. And we got to teach our children the propriety of how right it is to obey. Too often, kids are allowed to do whatever they want to do. We, we too often, listen, I love the fact, like, for instance, sitting right over here is my daughter, Rebecca, and my granddaughter, Faith, okay? And they have a beautiful relationship. Trust me, Faith knows who the mama is, but also they are each other's best friends. I love to watch them being coy and playing off of each other. It's a really cool thing that happens since Faith has turned 18, will soon be 19, and, of course, Rebecca's like 60 now. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, she's not quite that old. She's not quite that old. But anyway, and so, so understand, though, you've got to be the parent. You've got to help your kids obey, okay, because there is a real profitability when we teach our children to obey. Just like, for instance, when I grew up and joined the Air Force and in the military and in the, ser- and in the service of the Lord, that's, that served me well. That served me well. My mom and dad taught me to obey, and it certainly served well in the military, and it's also served well um, as a pastor. Now, we move on down. You know, I I got a slide here because it's really important. You know, children obey your parents um, for how long? How long do we have to obey your children? Now, mom and dad, you need to write this down. And kids, if you're like 14, 15, and you're getting old enough to think that you're the boss, no, the Bible, when it says children obey your parents, how long? It's as long as you are under the protection and provision of your parents. As long as you're under the protection and provision of your parents. In other words, as long as you are living under the roof of your mom and dad or your mom or dad, okay, then you are to obey them. If you're a college student and you're still living at home, you are to obey your parents. If you're 25 years old, and you still are living at home with your mom and dad, maybe time to think about changing that, okay? Then guess what? You are to obey your mom and your dad. Their roof, their rules. Their roof, their rules. If you're 35 still living at home, we need to have a talk, okay? We need to have a talk, all right? But anyway, so as long as you're in the provision of that. Now, now here's the deal. You say, I don't like that. That's cool. That's cool. You know, you get a job, you buy your own car, pay your own cell phone bill, okay, and then you move out, and then you can go ahead and do what you want to do wisely, wisely. But if you're under your mom and dad, and they're providing for you, and, boy, we could talk a lot about dad being the protector. You know, young ladies, you need a protector. And one day you're going to get married, and God's going to give you a protector called a husband. But until he gives you a husband, your dad's your protector. Your dad's your protector. You need that, and you do need the provision. Okay, so as long as you're under your roof of your mom or dad, then you need to obey them. Okay, there's no statute of limitations on respect, statute of limitations on respect, but there is on obedience. Now, it's interesting to note, um, I put just like Jesus on the Sherman, Sherman seat, in Luke 2.51, Luke 2.51, uh, it says, Then he, Jesus, went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. 
So Jesus was 12 years old when that verse was written, okay, about him. He was 12 years old, and he goes down. He'd been teaching in the temple, answering questions, uh, you know, just confounding the, the teachers how wise he was. And when mom and dad showed up to take him home, he went down to Nazareth, and he was obedient to them. Now, let me ponder something with you. This is something I thought of, I think, last night when I was studying. How old was Jesus when he went into the public ministry? 30. 30 years old, okay? Where did Jesus live up until that time? At home. At home. I'll bet you a dime to a dozen donuts that Jesus obeyed his mother and father. Is the culture. I mean, check out the Old Testament culture. Take, check out the, the culture of that day, and you're going to see exactly that. When a son, even though he might be 29 years old, was still living at home, okay, he obeyed his mom and his dad. Now, Joseph at some point dies. We don't know when he dies. He dies. But, jo- but Jesus does not then assume the manhood of the family. He, still, he may do that, but he's also still the son of Mary. And I believe he obeyed her, and he respected her. All right? So just like Jesus, that's what we should do. And again, I understand. You probably don't like that. But I think it's biblical. I think it's biblical. Okay? I think it's biblical. All right? Now, just remember this. You know, you think you know it all. But Jesus really did. And yet he still was submissive to his mother, his father and mother, and then eventually just his mother. He still did that. Now, what's the benefits What's the benefits for that kind of a scenario? Children, obey your parents in the Lord uh, because this is right. What is, the, what is the umbrella for that? Well, in Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, now listen carefully. It says this. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and don't reject your mother's teaching. Okay? So, so the psalmist, in this case it was Solomon, okay? I'm the proverb writer. Uh, this is Solomon, okay? He comes along and says, listen, it's really important that you listen to your father's instruction and don't reject your mother's teaching, okay? Now, here's a problem. Where, where did this start? Where did this idea of strong... Now, there's always been a rebel in the family. I get that, okay? But where did it really come from, okay, when we just don't obey? Okay, well, there was a movie. Now, I know y'all don't remember this, okay? So if you're old like me, you will remember it. There's this great movie called It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Christmas movie. Everybody remember it? Everybody seen it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. Okay, well, in there, George Bailey's trying to make this really big decision, and he's pondering what to do. He's in the, uh, the drugstore. He looks over on the wall, and um, that's why I didn't put a slide up. It happened to be a commercial for cigarettes because the guy's smoking, But all it said on the sign was, ask dad. And George Bailey knew dad would have the answers. So he goes to his father. He goes to his father. Um, 19, late 50s and early 60s, there was a show on television, black and white in those days, entitled Father Knows Best. Anybody remember that? Father Knows Best. Again, the father was portrayed as a wise person, someone you could go to and someone you could trust. Now, let me ask you a question. What has happened today? Does the name Archie Bunker mean anything to you? Oh, we laughed. You know, we laughed at it. It was funny. But what did it do to the image of authority of a wise father? It destroyed it. What did the image of a wise mother, what happened to it, Edith? It destroyed it. 
It destroyed it. And if you'll check it out, there are two, there are two major targets today. One is preachers and two are parents. On television, parents are idiots. They're idiots. And when your children watch that, guess what happens? All parents are idiots. And folks, that ain't so. It's not even close to so. So you can do one of two things. You can totally, by the way, have tuned me out by now. I don't want to hear this stuff. Don't believe this stuff. Okay. Or you can listen to the old wise preacher who will tell you that if you listen to your mom and dad, it will save you a lot of pain in the future. In fact, the, the author of Proverbs says, for they, the instructions of the mom and dad, for they will be a garland of favor on your head and pendants around your neck. Life will turn out better if you'll trust. Now, is every dad wise? No. Is every mom wise? No. That's why, again, if you're a Jesus follower as a young child or child, you need discernment. But the bottom line is your mom and dad are smarter than you think they are. Give them some credit. Give them credit. And they just might help you grow up to a more favorable life. Okay? There's an interesting scripture. And again, interestingly enough, this is two weeks in a row I've used the message. Remember, the message is just a, a... a paraphrase, okay, a poetic interpretation. Somebody read this and then put it in their words. But it really speaks well to, to what the, the guy's trying to say uh, in Proverbs. Listen to what it says. You don't want to end your life full of regrets. Well, that's true. That's true. Nothing, and I didn't know if this was a play on words on his part or if he meant to say it. Nothing but sin and bones. Kind of like skin and bones. Nothing but sin and bones. Saying, oh, why didn't I do what they told me? Why did I reject a disciplined life? Why didn't I listen to my mentors or take my teachers seriously? My life is ruined. I haven't one good thing to show for my life. That's a possibility. When we think we know it all, and we don't need mom, and we don't need dad, we don't need grandma and grandpa. You don't want to end up there. I know every once in a while, I dragged this song out by Merle Haggard, Mama Tried. I sang it for you a couple of times, which I'm not going to do today. But, but the words really grabbed my heart. Because again, as a pastor over the last 35, 36 years, I have seen so many people come to my office, you know, 35 years old, and their lives are a disaster. Their marriages are a disaster. And it will simply say, I did not do what was right. I didn't think my mom knew. I didn't think my dad knew. I didn't listen. I, you know, I knew what the law was. I chose to disobey the law. Okay? Well, the song goes like this. This is the second verse. One and only rebel child from a family meek and mild. My mama seemed to know what lay ahead despite my Sunday learning Toward the bad, I turned. I kept turning till mama couldn't hold me anymore. I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but mama tried. Mama tried, mama tried to raise me better, but her pleading I denied. That only leaves me to blame because mama tried. I get up early in the morning. I watch Channel 12 and get the weather and... And they always have this thing, you know, Channel 3 has Warrant Wednesday. And then in 12, Channel 12, they have this segment. And here's all these young men and women. And they're going to jail for 10 years, 
15 years, five years, for the craziest things. And I always wonder, was there a mom and was there a dad who would speak into the lives? Was there a pastor who would speak into the lives? Was there a Sunday school teacher to speak into the lives? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. That's not a promise, it's a principle. But I just wonder how many of these young kids, if somebody had spoken their lives and they would have listened, how different the outcome may have been. So what comes after obedience then? And that is respect. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, and says this. Along with obeying your mom and dad, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Now, again, the sub-point there, the, the, the title I used on the page there is respect. So to honor is respect, and to respect is to honor. Okay, and again, I think most of us today know what respect means. And we also know, by the way, what disrespect is. We know both ways. So here's what Paul says. Honor your father and mother, This, which is the first commandment with a promise. Now, this is not the first commandment with a promise. It's first in priority. Paul says, this is so important. It's really important. You've got to put this like number one on your top of your list, okay? You need to honor your mom and dad. And there is a promise with it so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. I read somewhere where it said, sin robs and obedient enriches. Sin robs and obedience enriches. Enriches. So, so once again, when we honor and respect, okay, it goes well in our lives. You know, there's a saying that says the roads are paved with indecisive squirrels. I mean, just the other day, we were going home, maybe going home from church. And here he comes. Here comes Mr. Squirrel. You know, he gets out there and he gets right in the middle of the lane. Go this way. Go that way. Go this way. Go that way. He made it. Sometimes they don't. They, you look and there's this little brown spot in the road. You know what it was? Some would say disobedient. Definitely, I would say indecisive squirrels. Learn that disobedience and being indecisive about who you're going to serve and who you're going to obey and who you're going to listen to, just remember the squirrels. The roads are paved with indecisive squirrels. Now, there's a great story in the Bible that you already know from John chapter 2 that talks about Jesus respecting his mother. He's just now coming into his public ministry, and they're at a wedding celebration. And, as the scripture's going to tell us, they run out of wine. Here's how it goes. When the wine ran out, obviously this was not a Baptist wedding. When the, when the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him, they don't have any wine. What does that have to do with you and me, woman? Pause. Got to tell you. Because, again, down south, if I was to say to mama, you woman, okay, it wouldn't be well, okay? But in, the, in this time, and in, in the Greek, this is a term of respect. This is not as it carries over today, okay? It is a, definitely a term of respect. So he says, what does that have to do with you and me, mom, or whatever term of respect you want to put there? Jesus asks. My hour has not yet come. Now, it wasn't wrong for him to do what he's about to do. He's just simply stating, my public ministry really has not yet begun. Okay? Do whatever he tells you 
his mother told him, told the servants. Now, my question is this. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He turned the water into wine. Why did he turn the water into wine? It wasn't his time yet. It wasn't wrong for him to do so. You want to know why? He respected his mom. This is, not, this is a pure act of respect. His mother asked him to do this, and out of deference to her and respect for her, he turns the water into wine. What a beautiful example. What a beautiful example of someone who teaches us respect. And so we need to apply that in our lives. We've got to remember to respect our mom and dad. Now, here's the other little thing I've got a slide for, okay? Obedience may have a stature of limitations, but respect does not. There's going to come a time when you're a kid and you are either going to move out and be totally on your own or you're going to get married, okay? And as you get married and establish your own home, that bond of obedience stops. When you move out and have your own home, that bond of obedience stops. But guess what doesn't stop? Respect. Respect does not have an age limit. Okay? There comes a time when you're not going to be obligated to obey your mom and dad. But you must always respect your mother and your father. That, amen. That does not grow old. Yeah, that's, listen. This is something you don't hear too often. You better get your pen out and start writing notes. Because it's, with the state of the American family, the way it's in, we need help. And this is the word of God reaching out to you today to help you. So if you are 40 years old and your parents are still alive, if you're 50 years old and your parents are still alive, if you're 60 year old and your parents are still alive, we are obligated under the word of God to always show respect to our moms and to our dads. Then we move to the last part of this part of the sermon, and that's care. That's care. Not only are we to obey our parents, we are always to respect our parents, but then ultimately we may be called upon to care for our parents. One of Jeremy's favorite scriptures is what I'm fixing to read right now. We have the Lord Jesus Christ respect his mom all his life, and now he is on the cross and he's in the process of dying. The scourging has taken place, the nails are driven. The crown of thorns on his head. He is in the process of dying and quite near death. And what he does is the most beautiful example of care for a mother from her son. Let's read it together. It's John chapter 19, verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother, now keep in mind, he's on the cross and she's down there. When Jesus saw his mother and... The disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, woman, there's that word again, woman, pure respect, pure respect. Woman, here is your son, and he's looking at John. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. Isn't it amazing? That as Jesus is dying on the cross, one of his major concerns is caring for his mother. Isn't that beautiful? It really is. Now, again, in the South, this is a big deal, okay? And in 
some culture, and in some ways it's still a big deal, in some people's lives it's still a big deal, but we have an obligation to take care of mom and dad. I already have booked the basement bedroom at Becca and John's house, and we're moving in. It's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time, we're moving in, okay? So, so we have a responsibility to care for our parents. Now listen to this verse. This is Proverbs 23, 22. And this has a slide, by the way, in the, uh, in the um, event, worship event, that's really good. Listen to your father who caused your birth. Okay, in other words, without dad, there wasn't going to be a pregnancy. So listen to your father who caused your birth, and do not despise your mother just because she has grown old. Don't despise your mama just because she's grown old. Now, we know today with dementia and all those different things that go on, we get frail, we get weak, sometimes we lose our mental capacity, and, and I, I'm not in that situation, but I know it's easy to get frustrated. And the bottom line is, Scripture tells us that we should care for our parents. Now, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you don't put them in a nursing home. Sometimes a nursing home is the very best place, but you don't forget them when you put them there. If you've got the capacity to keep care for them at home, then that's a wonderful thing also. So, so this, the Proverbs is saying, look, love and respect, especially when they're old. Now, there's something that's special about DBC. I will not call names out because I did not get permission. I could name you five or six, and more than that, probably. No, I can name you more than that. Of children, adult children, many of them with the same color hair I've got, who are faithfully caring for their parents. And it is a beautiful thing. You know who you are, and I applaud you, and I praise God for you, that you are taking the time in your senior years to care for your mom and your dad. God bless you. God bless you. You know you are. God bless you. Now, here's the deal. You say, Dwayne, how did you do in that department? Well, when I was 20 years old, two years out of high school, my daddy died. Four years later, when I was 24, my mama died. So the time I was 24 years old, my mother and my father, had died. Judy wasn't much better off than that. So no, I didn't have to take care of my aged parents. But I say this, I wish I had the opportunity. So if God has, if God has blessed you with a mom and dad and you're, and you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years old and you are still blessed, savor every day. Thank God for every day you have them. Because one day there'll be a Christmas when there isn't a mom and dad. One day there'll be a, hey, grandchild. One day there'll be a Christmas when there won't be a pawpaw or a mama. So in their imperfections and in their weaknesses and, and all of that, love them. Care for them. Because you know why? It's right. It's right. It's right. Now, can I say a word? I'm out to make everybody mad today. They won't leave anybody out. I want to speak to the seniors. Now, again, notice this. I am 65 years old. I am a senior. And I want to say something very directly to our seniors. Just because you have gray hair 
And just because you're older does not give you a license to hurt people. I have heard some of the meanest things not come out of our teenagers' mouths, not come out of our middle-aged children, from our senior adults. That does not give you, gray hair does not give you a license to open your mouth and speak everything on your mind. It can be hurtful and painful, and yes, I've done it. Shoot, I did it when I had brown hair. <laughs> I didn't have to wait for gold, for silver hair. But listen to, what, listen to what Titus says in Titus 2. Listen, hey dads, grandpas, listen to this. Older men are to be self-controlled, sensible, worthy of respect. See, we, want, we all want respect. Ty, you know, Paul says to Titus, be worthy of respect. Earn that respect. Um, be sound in faith and love and endurance. And then he says, in the same way, you older women are to be reverent in behavior. Not slanderers. I always chuckle when I read this one. Not slaves to excessive drinking. That's right, preacher. Preach on. Not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good. So as much kids as you have an obligation to take to your parents. Parents, we have an obligation. We're the mentors. We've lived. We have experiences. We need to share that. But if we're going to gain the ear of our, ch- our adult children and the ear of our grandchildren, we've got to earn that right by doing exactly what Titus says. Exactly what Titus says. All right. That gets us down finally to dads and moms. To dads and moms. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, the first part, it says... Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. Now, I really think without violating the word of God, we could easily put parents in here. Keep in mind, the reason I say that, keep in mind is this, that in this era that Paul is writing, women, you were property. You had no rights. You had no privileges. You had no position. You had no power. Okay? So instantly Paul shifts to this. Moms, children, (laughs) you are less than a woman. You really had no rights, no powers. So it's natural in that culture that Paul would write fathers. But in our culture today, we fully understand. And by the way, let me say this. I love what Andy Stanley says. He says, under Christianity, women and children always fare better. I mean, Paul Paul looks at the husbands over in Ephesians chapter 5 and says, now listen here. You know, don't you treat your girl, your women like dirt. Don't treat your wife like dirt. You love her as Christ loved the church. That's powerful. Hey, children, don't treat your parents like dirt. You obey them and honor and respect them. So Paul addresses this because dads now and dads then had this bent to not be kind. But we're going to put mom and dad in there because, again, in our culture, that would be totally true. So parents... Don't stir up anger in your children. Don't intentionally and unnecessarily stir up anger in your children. Okay? Now, I want to tell you why. In Psalm 127, 3 and 4, it says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb a reward. Children are a great blessing. Amen? 
They are a great blessing. They, they give us gray hair. They sometimes drive us nuts. But there is no greater blessing. The only greater blessing than your children are my grandchildren. Amen. We grandparents love grandkids. Spoil them and send them home. We love it. Get them all worked up with sugar and send them home. It's an awesome deal. It's an awesome deal. All right. But but fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. Now, these are just some thoughts. 65 years, a chunk of that being a dad. Again, big boo-boos. Some things I did right. Okay. I got five things I want to share with you. And they're going to be on the, on the slide also. They're in your app in case you want to use them for later on. Uh, Five things I think we need to remember. One, choose your battles carefully. When you're dealing with your children, choose what hill it's worth dying on. Okay? There are going to be times when you're going to be at odds with with your children under your roof. You need to decide, is that a battle worth fighting? Is that a hill worth dying on? My favorite antique illustration is still valid. You know, y'all remember, a lot of y'all remember James Dobson, the king of family, okay? He ran folks on the family ministry forever. And then a woman wrote him a letter, I believe in those days it was a letter, and said, we, I am butting heads with my 12-year-old daughter. That was on the radio. That's right, it's on the radio. We're butting heads uh, with our daughter. We just fight all the time. And so Dobson goes, and what are you fighting over? She wants to shave her legs. You know what Dobson said? Go buy her a razor. Go buy her. You want to know why? It wasn't a battle worth fighting for. I look back, Rebecca, I look back at some of my decisions with you that literally seem comical now. So she was about 12, maybe 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. And she wanted to wear long, dangly earrings. I said, no. You want to know why? Loose women wore dangly earrings. And did, did we butt heads? Did we butt heads over this? We did, didn't we? And that was totally crazy. And if the older Dwayne could speak to the younger Dwayne, he'd say, it doesn't matter. Don't fight that battle. Mom, Dad, as you see your children, man, if they come in two minutes from curfew, is that really worth a week's worth of grounding? Think about it. Choose your battles carefully. Is it a hill worth dying on? Number two, choose, uh, excuse me, resist the I, because I told you so. It drove me nuts when I was a kid. Why, Dad? Because I said so. Why, Mom? Because I said so. Try to come up with a valid reason to give your child while you're making that decision. And you're going to be amazed. They may disagree with you, but almost every time, you know, after they get pouty over, over the pouty, you know, they're going to go, okay. All right? So avoid that because I said so. It's a great power ploy, but it doesn't work well. Uh, Number three, remember respect doesn't have an age limit. All right? Respect begets respect. Your children are human beings. Treat them with respect. And you're going to be amazed to find out, just like, you know, women who are loved give love, okay, and respect. So children who are respected are more likely to respect. So it doesn't have an age limit. Just because you're 40 years older or 30 years older than your kids doesn't mean you have the right to disrespect them. Respect does not have an age limit. The fourth one is this. If you're angry, hit the pause button. If you're angry, hit the pause button. Stop. Do not discipline when you're angry. Do not speak 
when you're angry. Because what comes out of your mouth is going to be lasting and hurtful. Wait till you cool off at least some. And finally, don't burn bridges. Don't burn bridges. You're probably going to need to cross them sometime in the future. Um, Regardless of the situation, and there's some hard ones today, regardless of the situation, that child is still your child. And that child still needs your love. So don't, don't break a relationship, okay, over something because they're still your child and they still need your love. They need to know that you love them unconditionally. Now, I know, I know you're saying to yourself, but wait a minute, wait a minute, Dwayne. If I love them, they might think I'm approving of their sin. They may think I'm accepting and approving their sin. Listen, love does not equate to acceptance or approval. Love is just love. You mean prove it to you? Does God's love for us mean he approves of our sin? Because God loved us, does he mean, oh, go ahead and sin, it's all right. No. And neither does, when you show love to your child as they're going through whatever it is, when you choose to love them in spite of that, it's not acceptance of their sin. It's not approval of their sin. It just says, I love you. I'm going to give you a little secret. The best way to win that child back is time and love. It may take years. But if you burn that bridge, you may lose your son or daughter for a lifetime. For a lifetime. So so love and don't burn bridges. Well, I was going to go a couple more scriptures, but we're going to stop there. That's a good stopping place. It really is. I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope what I said at the very beginning... The power in parenting is the cross. And if you're here today and you have never trusted Christ as Savior, I said that thing at the very beginning, you know, about Jesus loving you. And if you're willing to turn from your sin and follow him, then he'll forgive your sins. It's awesome. It's awesome. Brother Brent's going to be standing down front. We want to share that with you. And if you're here today, and especially if you're a, a Christian mom and dad, that you made that choice to follow Jesus, this is what the Bible says. Now, again, this will be online, okay, on our website. Okay, just go to doorsville.com, look under About Us, I think it is, and Sermons. You'll find it there. Okay, listen to it again. Not because I said it, but because the Word of God says it. Have you ever wondered why I use so much Scripture? Because you need to know what the Bible says, not what I say. If I speak for 30 minutes and don't mention the Bible, that's not profitable. That's not profitable. So I hope this has been saturated with the Word of God, and it will help you at your home. Children, obey and respect your parents. Care for them care for them. Mom and dad, don't provoke your children to anger, to wrath. And then step through those five steps as you work together through life. Let's pray together. Well, God, I really pray this was helpful. I pray, Father, that this was something that we can take home today and apply. That's what I love about your word. It's just not a history book. It's not a book of theory. It's a book of fact. Father, I want to pray for every child. I know some of them were probably too young to get this. But I want to pray, Father, that their hearts will be open. If they are Christ's children, I want to pray their hearts will be open to receiving the truth. I want to pray for the adult children that will respect and care for our moms and our dads. Father, for us parents, oh, it's difficult. It's difficult sometimes. We need your wisdom. Like David said, we need grace on the day we're saved, but we need grace every day. 
every day. Give us the grace to be the parents that you called us to be. And when there's brokenness here today in this room and there's hurt, oh, Father, I'm glad you're the one that can put it all together. So I pray for that. So we love you. This time is your time, Holy Spirit. I pray you'll speak into the hearts of people. And Jesus, I pray it in your precious name.